Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Offensive Interference Podcast presented by FootballGamePlan.com. My name is Gene Clemens, joining you once again for a special pod. I'm calling this the Money Pod. Yeah, we're going to be talking about contracts because there were a few people who got paid over this past few days and it's awesome. I mean, it's great. I, I love the fact that people are getting their money. I just wanted to talk about it for a little bit because it seems interesting the way in which people get paid. I've always been interested in the, the thought processes behind front offices and when they're going to pay people and how they're going to pay people and how much they're going to pay people. You would think that it would just be a universal thing, but it's not. It's almost as if some people get paid for what they're going to do or what they are projected to do, and others continue to have to prove that they are worth being paid that much money. And so we're going to talk a little bit about it. First, I just want to give a shout out to Jacoby Brissett. Now, whatever you think about Jacoby Brissett, I don't really care. Um, I think Jacoby Brissett can be a fantastic quarterback in the NFL. If you look at how he grew from his time at Florida when they made the wrong decision and decided to keep the other guy, um, he transferred to North Carolina State. And um, in his year out, got better at his craft and came in as a starter for NC State and put up phenomenal numbers and and really solidified a program at a position that had not seen that type of, you know, solidification since Russell Wilson left. And so I really appreciated what he did. Um, number one, he prepared himself as a starter. Um, he was given the opportunity to start, and I believe that Indianapolis threw him out there with less than a week of practice simply to lose games, and and they lost. And and people, I heard, I think I heard it was, um, not the money. It was Pablo Torre of ESPN who said that, you know, he negotiated this this. This, this new contract um, because his statistics were bad and I thought that was I mean I thought it was an awful take and I mean Pablo has a lot of awful takes even though I love him as a as a journalist um, he has a lot of awful takes and I think it's just kind of to be the contrarian um, to what Bomani is doing and, and that's great that's cool that's their shtick I'm not mad at them get your money um, but he didn't have a he didn't have a bad year at all um, his statistics were indicative of somebody who had to learn a system on the fly. Um, behind, think about this. Not only did he have to learn a system in a week and go out there and execute against NFL caliber players and defensive coordinators, but he also had to play behind the same offensive line that people were saying got Andrew Luck hurt. The exact same offensive line, with the exact same weapons, with no running game, and with a limited defense. So all of the negatives 
that people had about Andrew Luck's situation, he came in, Jacoby Brissett, came in and dealt with those exact same negatives. He was able to stay in there, get through a season, and show a lot of promise. So much promise that Indianapolis didn't want to let him go. Hmm. You got a healthy Andrew Luck back. What do you need Jacoby Brissett? People were calling, but they held on to Jacoby Brissett. You know why? Because Jacoby Brissett was worth holding on to. And so when the whole thing went down with Andrew Luck and they gifted him $24 million just to not play this year, it's only right. And I said it on Twitter. I said it anywhere anyone would listen to me. I said, if I was Jacoby Brissett, I would not step foot on the field for game one without a brand new contract. Not with the contract extension, because that doesn't kick into the years after. A, a brand new contract right now. And to Jacoby Brissett's credit, he was able to negotiate a brand new contract. And hear what I'm saying. He was able to negotiate a brand new contract. That's what I loved about it. He didn't go and get an agent because at the end of the day, when you understand the game, why do you need an agent? I mean, Rich Paul is proving that you don't have to have an agent with a college level degree in order to have someone who knows what he's doing. So the same thing that makes Rich Paul good at his job, which is practical understanding of the game, and how the game within the game works is the same thing that any NFL player could do or any NBA player could do to negotiate those contracts for themselves. So Jacoby Brissett signed a two-year, $30 million deal. Now, in essence, the way I read this, this is a one-year, $20 million deal because it's $20 million guaranteed up front. That puts him essentially on par with what a starting quarterback should be getting. And it gives him the leverage of prove it. He gets an opportunity to prove that he should be the starting quarterback for, for the Indianapolis Colts going forward, that they shouldn't look into the draft for another quarterback. And I believe he's going to have a great year. So you know what that sets him up to do next year? Negotiate another another long-term deal. Because this one-year deal that he's really on, one year, 20 million, next year means that he's gonna be owed 10 million. Because again, the 20 million is right now, and that puts him on par with starting quarterbacks. $15 million does not put him on par with starting quarterbacks. That's why you can't look at it as two years, 30 million, because that makes you think that it's 15 million each year, but it's not. And even if it was, 15 million brings him far short of what a starting quarterback should be getting in the National Football League. So he has a one-year $20 million deal, and then he has a renegotiated, he's gonna have a renegotiated contract next year or an extension next year when he plays well. You gotta love that for a guy that many people don't feel is good enough. A guy who, when it was announced that he was the starter because Andrew Luck decided he no longer wanted to play football, that people looked at and went, 
Oh, well, the Colts season's over. Oh, really? They still have that great offensive line that they put together to protect Luck. The same offensive line they didn't have the year before when Brissett was behind center. They have a much improved run game that they put together to assist Andrew Luck. Now that run game that didn't exist when Jacoby Brissett was starting is there. They have an offensive innovator, quote unquote, at, at, at the head coach. Something that wasn't there when Jacoby Brissett was the starting quarterback. They have a defense that's going to get them back the ball. Once again, something that Jacoby Brissett never had that Luck had last year. So if Luck was able to make improvements in that offense and stay upright, why can't Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett wasn't a guy running around for his life. He was a guy who understood how to be poised in the pocket. And so I expect him to have success. I expect him to do what he's what he's supposed to do. Not to mind you that he's now had, you know, two years in this offense. This is his second year in this offense. That's a great thing for Jacoby Brissett. So shout out to you, Jacoby. And I would love to sit down and talk to you and talk to you about football and everything. So if anyone ever gets this Jacoby Brissett, just let them know. Hey, I know I'm a small, I'm small potatoes, but we here at Football Game Plan, man, we're riding with you. We believe in you. And, and we know that you have the talent to get things done that others on the outside don't. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does. Someone else got paid this the last few days. Um, maybe you heard of him, Ezekiel Elliott. Six years, $90 million extension. Um, let the haters say it. It's really a um, four-year, I think someone said four-year, $50 million deal because $50 million is the actual guarantee on it, or five years, $50 million. I can't remember. I just remember haters pointing out the fact that it was only 50, it was only really 50 million. The the funny part is, is they never say that it's only, that the, that the, the reason they say it's only 50 million is because every year he clicks off, that number goes up. And the fact that he's super young, so six years doesn't even get him to 30. Um, what did I miss? When did running backs start falling off at 29 now. Outside of running backs who have been injured, 30-year-old running backs are still hella productive. 32-year-old running backs are still hella productive. The difference is, is that 30 and 32-year-old running backs have a lower floor on what you can pay them. And so now it becomes, oh, well, he's washed up, he's lost a step, so that they can justify not paying older running backs. But that doesn't change the fact that Ezekiel Elliott got his money. Not only was he a high draft pick, so he got more money than most running backs are getting these days in the first contract, but then he maximized his second contract. He had all the leverage in the world because he's young on a team that needs him to be successful. And he maximized that and it was able to flip a nice six-year $90 million deal out of it to make him the highest paid running back in the league. Like, what's, what's wrong with that? A lot of hate. I heard Rob Parker on, on Fox Sports, his Fox Sports analyst Rob Parker say that 
um, the Cowboys paying Ezekiel Elliott was them caving because they knew that Dak Prescott couldn't get it done by himself. And it's like, um, who gets it done by themselves? Who? Which one? Which guy? Name that guy who got it done by himself offensively. I can only really name one that willed his team to a Super Bowl by himself in recent years, and that's Cam Newton. But everybody else, everybody else as a quarterback, they have scheme that's superior or they have weapons that are superior. That's it. When Aaron Rodgers won his Super Bowl, superior weapons. They had they had receivers. They were chucking that thing around. Tom Brady, every year that he's won it, superior coach and superior scheme. Also helped by playing in the absolute dog mess worst division in football for the last 20 years. That, that doesn't hurt either. Um, but when you think about these, these elements, when you think about Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and now Amari Cooper, it isn't that just a that's just a triplets, right? Like, isn't that what you're supposed to have? That's the Dallas Cowboy motto. They paid Aikman, they paid Irvin, they paid Emmett Smith. So this time they paid Emmett first in Ezekiel Elliott. They paid him first. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Ezekiel deserves every bit of money that he gets. Now, do I agree that he's the best back in football? That's debatable. Because and and because I really think Saquon Barkley is a monster. Saquon Barkley should have been the number one overall pick. I don't really care what anybody says. I'm still thinking about the Browns and that culture with Saquon Barkley at running back, Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I still salivate at the thought of them being able to do that. And so Saquon Barkley is 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 a monster. Um. You know, so when healthy, Todd Gurley's still a monster. I mean, so, but but you can't get you can't get too many names out of out of your mouth uh, without saying Ezekiel Elliott. So I don't want to take anything away from him. But it was his time, and he deserved every bit of money that he got. What are we mad at, ladies and gentlemen? The better question is, why didn't Dallas just open up the checkbook and pay them all right now? Lock them in right now. Why let them get any more value than what they have right now? If Amari Cooper goes out and has a season, a full season, like the piece of the season that he had with Dallas, Dallas won't be able to afford him. Sub-30 wide receiver in his prime, there's no way that Dallas is going to be able to afford him and keep the quarterback. Because if Amari has a really great season, then guess who else probably had a really great season? Dak Prescott. I think it's funny we talk about Dak Prescott, you know, 
Because someone else got paid as well. Um, you know, the, there's some quarterbacks that, that have been getting money in. That Prescott still has not received any money, and I'm just, I don't quite understand how it is that Dak Prescott has not received his money. Um, Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott, and for full disclosure, when um, when Dak Prescott came out of the of the of college, excuse me, when he came out of college, I was not on board with Dak Prescott. I thought that a lot of what he did was based off of scheme. I didn't think that that scheme was overly like complicated. And so I just didn't know. I just didn't know. And, and it was, and I mean, it's, it's, it's part of the stuff that people criticize Dak on now, being too conservative. That's all of the stuff that I was worried about coming out of um, college, but he's proved me wrong. He has been a top level quarterback in the NFL in his years of service. And now he's going into essentially a, a season where he doesn't have a new contract and where it seems as if those contract negotiations are going to stall. They're not they're probably not going to happen until, you know, more years, uh, either next year or the year after. But I'm sorry, next year or um, sometime into the year. But I could see it not happening this year. I could see it going on into the next year. And it's really sad because Jared Goff got money. Jared Goff, he's been a decent quarterback, you know, two, his last two years, infinitely better than his rookie year, obviously. Signed a four-year, $134 million extension. And it includes $110 million of guaranteed money. That means all he has to do is tie his shoes up over the next five years. Um, The fourth year of his existing contract and then the next four years of his contract and he is going to collect um, upwards of $150 million because of his $140 million because of his the remainder of his contract for next year and the four years of his extension God bless America now I'm not here to tell you whether you should or should not pay $134 million um, for Jared Goff. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, I am. I'm here to tell you that you probably should not pay $134 million to Jared Goff. Especially, you know what? Let me hold on. I'm just going to leave you there for a second. We'll get back to that. So Jared Goff got $134 million extension after three years. Carson Wentz got a record-breaking contract at the time after three years. Dak Prescott, no contract. Hmm. No contract for Dak Prescott after three years. All right. 
I guess he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, really? He's been better than Goff overall. He's been better than Wentz overall. How is it that they are able to garner these hundred plus million dollar contracts with ridiculous amounts of money guaranteed, locking them in as the quarterback for the foreseeable future, yet Dak Prescott still waits. Why was Jimmy Garoppolo able to get a contract after um, six or seven meaningless games? Like, why was he able to sign one of the richest deals in history? I, I just don't understand. 35-year-old 30, um, Aaron Rodgers gets 100-plus million dollars um, in the extension. 36-year-old 30, or 35-year-old Matt Ryan gets 100-plus million dollars in an extension. And yet, you have Dak Prescott sitting over here. And Dak Prescott at 26 years old can't get a four-year extension. You don't want to lock him up till he's 30. When 35-year-old quarterbacks are still garnering 100-plus million-dollar contracts? Okay. I guess he just doesn't deserve it. Maybe that's it. I guess he just doesn't deserve it. But you know who else doesn't deserve it? Jared Goff. And the funny part is, is that Jared Goff doesn't deserve it for all of the reasons that you people out there have told us he doesn't deserve it. I'll give you exhibit A. His coach is a genius. His coach is an offensive savant. His coach, his coach is the foremost authority on offensive innovation in the National Football League. Let others tell it. But if McVay was that good, if the only difference in Jared Goff's performance from his rookie year to his sophomore year, his second year, is the coach who is now telling that guy where to throw the ball until 10 minute, until 10 seconds before the the sound shuts off in his head then shouldn't he be able to do that with anyone shouldn't he be able to take that that same model and apply that to every quarterback if Jared Goff isn't making any actual football decisions then if he's just a puppet, then what are you paying him $134 million for? This is the time that you could take the power back. The, 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 the Saint, I'm sorry, the, the LA Rams, I almost said St. Louis and that's sad, but the LA Rams are in a position, they're in a position where they could say, our scheme and our quarterback is so good. I'm sorry, our scheme and our coach, our scheme and our coach is so good that you could plug any quarterback in here and get the job done. So guess what we're not going to do, Jericho? We're not going to extend you. We're going to make you play out your rookie contract. 
We're going to make you play out this fourth season and then we'll reevaluate. And in the meantime, we're going to go and get another guy who looks, who looks and plays exactly like you. And we're going to teach that guy this same system. And we're going to get him snaps in games when we have blowouts so that he begins to understand so that we can find out if we can do this without you. And if it turns out that we can, guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna franchise tag you and ship your ass off to another team who wants to pay one, two, three first round draft picks for you. Because of that is the American way. That is the way in which teams take the power back and they now maximize the greatest gift ever given to an NFL franchise, and that was the rookie salary scale that allowed them to stop paying 70 and 80 and 90 million dollars to rookie quarterbacks. If this system is so phenomenal, why are they paying Jared Goff 134 million dollars if McVay is such a genius, if everything that we have been told by people is true, if he is telling this dude where to throw the ball, if he's telling him what to look for, if he is essentially being the quarterback like a video game and just steering Jared Goff where to go, well, hell, man, we don't pay quarterbacks that much on video games. I don't know if you've ever paid Madden, played Madden. But when a quarterback gets too expensive, we trade that dude away and we go get another rookie. That's how we get it done. So if you're playing real live Madden, you gotta get with the program, dude. You can't be paying this guy $134 million. That's just ridiculous. But you know who doesn't get that done for him? Who doesn't have the offensive coordinator, some genius guy telling him what to do in his ear? Dak Prescott. You know who else doesn't have that being done? Anybody? Anyone? Deshaun Watson. Hmm. Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. Lamar Jackson. They don't have that being done to them. I'll just go back to, I'll go back to the, you know, to the first two I said, because those are the apples, the apples comparison, because both of them have service years comparable. It's gonna be time to pay those guys. It's time, to, it's already past due time to pay Dak if you're gonna give Jared Goff $134 million. But it's ridiculous to not have paid Dak. Deshaun Watson, you're gonna have to pay him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta pay him big money. Lamar Jackson, it's only his second year, but he was a low first round draft pick. You have to pay that man that money. So now, Jared Goff is secure. Carson Wentz is secure. That Prescott, it's time to get his money. I can't. I gotta go back to, I can't believe the Rams paid $134 million for Jared Goff. And for all you people out there saying, man, why y'all, why you watching his pockets? Cause I can. 
I don't have any money. Feel free to watch my pockets. And if I get some money, feel free to watch my pockets then. You know why? Because I won't care. I'll have that money. And Jared Goff shouldn't care that I don't believe that he should get $134 million. But I think those fans should ask those questions. If our head coach is, is this genius, and if he's pulling all of these strings, then what is the real value of the quarterback? I don't know. Call me crazy, but something doesn't seem to match up there. It'll be interesting to watch who else is in line to get their money because we're looking at what the L.A. Chargers are doing and they've essentially just said, hey, Melvin Gordon, go out, seek a trade. But don't don't be fooled. Like, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. They didn't tell Melvin Gordon to go out and seek a trade for something that could actually be done. They said, Melvin Gordon, go out and seek a trade. And then we're going to put our trade demands so high that nobody's going to trade for you. So they're essentially trying to blackball Melvin Gordon so that he has no other options. Excuse me, I don't know if it's, it's, it's blackball. It's not blackball. They're trying to wall him off, essentially. I won't say it's blackball. But they're trying to wall him off so that he doesn't look good. He's not attractive to other teams. You don't think Tampa Bay would think about giving up a first-round pick for him? Like just a fourth first-round pick straight up? I'm sure they would. I'm sure there's many other teams that might think about giving up a first-round pick for Melvin Gordon. But they're not asking for a first-round pick. They're not asking for a first-round pick at all. They're not asking for a first-round pick for Melvin Gordon. They want way more than a first-round pick for Melvin Gordon. And that's the problem. So let me get this straight. You don't believe that Melvin Gordon is worth paying what he wants, right? So if you don't believe that Melvin Gordon is worth paying him, then why do you want people to trade for him in an equally valuable manner to what you should pay him if he's a top running back in the league? Because if you're, you're willing to give up a first round and a fifth round for Gordon, if you're willing to give up a first round, a fifth round, and maybe another pick, what you're saying is, is this is my franchise running back. And so, like, if the Chargers are willing to trade him for franchise running back picks, shouldn't they just be willing to pay him? They're sure as hell not going to find anybody better than him just walking around. And with all due respect to the backs that they have, they're not Melvin Gordon. They weren't Melvin Gordon in college. They're not going to be Melvin Gordon in the NFL. They can be good. They can be serviceable. I'm not even saying that the Chargers can't win without Melvin Gordon. But if you don't want to pay him, you know what? 
Ask for a second and a third. Ask for a second and a fifth. Ask for a third and a fifth. Get him out of town. Don't hold him hostage. If you don't want to pay him and someone else will trade for him where they will pay him because that's how these things work. Let him go. But if you want him, pay the man his money. He's not asking for a Zeke contract. If he is, don't pay him a Zeke contract, but offer him a contract that's commensurate as one of the best backs in the NFL because he's played like one of the best backs in the NFL. So we have, let's just review. We have one LA team who's overpaid for a quarterback that's not nearly worth the money they're paying him. And then we have the other team in LA trying to lowball a running back who has proven to be worth the money that he's asking for. Hey man, I don't know, I guess. Oh, it's a quarterback thing, because quarterbacks, you have to pay the quarterbacks. That's right, you have to pay them. And that's why Dallas has not paid Dak Prescott yet, because you have to pay the quarterback, right? That's why Dak Prescott is still over there waiting for his money, even though his contemporaries have all been paid. That's why Jameis Winston is on a prove-it year, with the Buccaneers. He's on a prove-it year with the Buccaneers, even though statistically, which is all you can really judge from Winston because his teams have been awful every year, statistically, he has had one of the greatest starts as a quarterback in the history of the NFL, outside of turnovers, which, if you actually looked inside the numbers and not just on face value, Many of his turnovers have come in games where they were already out of it. Or games where he pressed. So he throw he throws picks in bunches. But if you take away those games where he throws picks in bunches because they're able to, I don't know, run the football, maybe, just maybe, he doesn't have all of those picks. Or if you don't try to, like, you know, bastardize him and, and, and bring his value down by putting, you know, a, a journeyman quarterback out there ahead of him to prove a point. Um, maybe, just maybe, um, he, he puts up statistics where you can't deny his contract extension. But he's still waiting. Dak's still waiting, and Dak wins games. He's a winner. That used to be like that used to be one of the metrics for a starting quarterback. He's a winner. Apparently, it's not anymore. All I know is there is no OK season for Jared Goff anymore. There is no OK season for Carson Wentz anymore. There is no fooling around, shucking and jiving for Ezekiel Elliott anymore. If you got paid, you got no excuses. Zeke, I need 12, 1300 plus rushing. You may have to get me damn near a thousand receiving. I need 20 total touchdowns. 20 plus total touchdowns. 
to me, those numbers, anything less than those numbers, and you're not living up to the contract. I'm sorry, but you got paid. Now the production has to follow. Carson Wentz, if you're not over 30 touchdowns, if you're not over 30 touchdowns, if you're not under 10 interceptions, if you don't have 4,500 plus yards, you're not living up to that contract. Jared Goff, if you're not at, if you're not pushing 5,000 yards throwing, if you're not over 35 touchdowns, if you don't have um, less than 10 interceptions, guess what? You're not getting the job done. And I'm sorry if people were like, wow, those are really, really good numbers. Yeah, they are. They're really, really good numbers. Those are the numbers that the top people in their game, that's what they're putting up. So if you're gonna be paid like you're the best in the game, then you have to produce like you're the best in the game. You can't pay somebody and go, oh, well, they're learning. They're, they're progressing, they're getting better. That's bull. If I'm going to pay you like you're the best in the game, then we're gonna need you to perform as such. And if not, you can guarantee there'll be one person on your head the same way that one person was on Andrew Luck's head. And that is one Gene Clemens, football analyst, football game plan. Once again, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Offensive Interference Podcast. If you like the show, please rate us. Give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you're following the Football Game Plan Networks. And please go out there and follow me at, at Twitter, at Gene Clemens. Um, go and subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's Gene Clemens. Um, I have a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Just started our breakdown series where I break down um, different players at the college level and the games that they have. We go through some plays and look at the things that they do well, some things that they may not have done well. And, and we analyze and then look at how those things are going to transfer. It's an opportunity for you to see how, you, how we would evaluate somebody when we're going through and we're looking at the film. Um, also, anytime I decide I want to go live on Twitter or I want to record the Offensive Interference Podcast, you'll find that on YouTube. And we've got a lot of other really cool things coming down the pipe. You're going to want to make sure that you follow me and, and, and get, that, get that knowledge as well. Um, thank you again for joining us for the Offensive Interference Podcast. This has been Gene Clemens, Football Game Plan. Y'all have a good one.